Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. Once again, this is now episode 85 entitled Create a Turnkey Website Business with WordPress. Matthew Rodella did. It was released on Thursday, the 19th of July, 2018. My name is Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And I'll be joined in a little while for our top and tail discussion and ending fact by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. This week, the discussion before the interview is entitled Website Caching, Is It Worth It? And our very little ending fact is entitled 52% of website visitors want to see about us information. Riveting stuff, no doubt. Okay, as always, please go to the wpbuilds.com website where you can click on the buttons underneath the podcast player. Um, One notable button is the iTunes button, and if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, we'd be enormously grateful. Allegedly, this has an enormous impact upon the the popularity of podcasts if they get lots of five-star ratings, and very kind if you did that. Also, if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, you can subscribe to many of the things that we put out. We're pretty good at only delivering messages to you when it's new updates with the very occasional uh, message about something else that we're doing. Uh, You can subscribe to us on Slack or on YouTube. We put all these podcast episodes out on uh, as YouTube videos, or perhaps you would like to find us on Messenger or something like that. Anyway, there you go. The other one to mention is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, where you can get 20% off any toolset license, 25% off main WP, 20% 20% off either Blog Vault or Malcare, and 80% off uh, a plugin called Block.Party for the new up and coming Gutenberg plugin. Okie dokie. I would also like to say that the Breezy competition is now over and our winners have been posted in the Facebook group. So if you want to go over to our Facebook group, which is wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, you can find out who the winners were and Hopefully you know whether it's you or not by now. Okay, today we have Matthew Rodella on. He's talking to us about using WPMU, or shall we call it multi-site, to run a turnkey website business. Really genuinely nice, honest bloke from America who's kind of created a bit of a turnkey automated process for getting new clients into a fairly straightforward platform of his. Seems to be doing very, very well, and he's got a Facebook group and a community growing up around around his experience, so certainly worth listening to. But for now, thank you for listening once again, and I will hand us over for the discussion. And today's discussion is called Website Caching. Is it worth it? So I'm asking this question really because I'm changing my caching plugin and I've had a few issues recently with client site layouts being messed up. And and Nathan, you're one of the few people I know who's not really bothered with caching as well. So I think it largely comes about because I'm a bit ignorant um, of this whole area and I'm kind of reluctant to go down the route of 
jumping in on one thing mm. um, and then discovering that there's the next shiny object around the corner um, and I should get in with that one instead and then having real problems uninstalling plugins that have put things in the HD access file or whatever it is that they're claiming to do and suddenly mm. unpicking problems on lots and lots of client sites that I didn't really need. So yeah, I've, I've not really got into it in a, in a large way, but you have. Yeah, I, well, I used to spend a lot of time on speed issues and then I thought I'd solved it because I bought the first, I think, commercial plugin, which was WP Rocket, which is still a favorite for everyone. And then I switched that and I didn't, you know, before in the early days of WordPress, I was just mentioning this to you, it seemed to be only free plugins and the main battle out there seemed to be between Supercache, which was actually, well, automatic uh, run that mm -hmm. with the original uh, author of the plugin. And it used to be against uh, W3 Total Cache. But now we've got all these paid options like Comet uh, Cache and we've got WP Rocket. And so things have changed. And um, yeah, and, and things have changed. I just think the whole the whole world's changed. Caching used to not be a problem at all for me. I used to mm. build my sites with Genesis. I would put my one CSS file in there. Clients couldn't touch it. They could only go into the WordPress editor and change things there or change widgets. They didn't do much. Now we've got page builders that have their own caching going on as well with their own CSS files and JavaScript. I think the whole thing's getting a bit more vulnerable. Do you use the CSS capabilities in beaver builder your page builder uh do you actually put the css into the page builder itself or do you open up an ide and drop it all in there once you know what it is uh <laughs> increasingly i'm not touching css at all i mean the the page builder's doing it for mm. me but I'm, I'm still uh you know in my main style sheet that is where i'm tend to be adding anything yeah in my, in my theme but you know i mean it's it's adding so much more CSS, isn't it? What problems have you encountered with page builders and caching plugins? What's the kind of the gotchas that people would would be looking out for? Yeah, well, we we know, isn't it? It's one of the most common thing. It seems to be, you know, things are not laid out properly or mm. they're not showing after they've made a change. So, mm. I mean, it, most of the time I'm not suffering because when I'm building a site, it's off. You know, yep. there's no caching going on, so yep. I'm just building it. No issue. But, of course, I used to have them. I used to use uh, things like Cloudflare, which have their own caching. And then, of course, now, because – and this didn't used to be around before. You know, most of the servers that I had were sort of low-price um, VPSs or they were shared hosting. And they didn't have that server-side caching. They didn't have memcache, and they didn't have varnish. And these are things now which also interfere with the page builders. I've I've encountered this problem quite a lot of times where, for example, you'll save something and the state, the work, the arrangement of the, the components of the page looks like it was previously, even though you've moved mm. things around. Yeah. And um, I found that clearing browser caches uh, mm. is very helpful for that. You know, you just clear. And, and often what I'll do is I'll have something like Firefox. I, my browser of choice is Chrome. Mm. But I've got a whole load of uh, extensions in there. And I think Chrome does quite a good job of um, kind of holding on to things and caching things itself. And so I go into Firefox and usually just booting up Firefox, which I've cleared every, every time I shut Firefox down, it clears absolutely everything. Yeah. So I start it up and typically it looks like how I'm expecting. 
and I'm reluctant in Chrome to go and clear everything because it'll just log me out of, e of Gmail and things like that. <laughs> yes, uh, it's a bit yeah. annoying. Do you do you not use um, incognito? Does that not work? Yeah, it would in effect. Well, actually, no, it doesn't work. Oh. Sometimes it really doesn't. So I'm wondering if it's a plugin or a Chrome extension which is holding on to some things. I've got so many, I couldn't possibly list them all out. And I wonder if there's an element of that. But certainly it's no trouble to me to have uh, an extra browser launched at the yeah. same time. And so that works 100% of the time. But it does, it completely messes everything up, doesn't it? Do you have clients yeah. coming back to you reporting problems with things not looking how they're expecting and, and it's it's caching in some way that's causing it? Yeah, I mean, that's really what set me wanting to do this topic is because of one uh, last week. And, uh, you know, they were kind of upset that it was and it was just a simple caching thing. And it's my fault for not training them. They go into their site a lot and it's probably it could have been them that uh, uh, save that went wrong with theirs. And, mm. and they didn't know because they didn't know to go look at it in another browser. But actually, I do think, to be honest, it's not always the <laughs> the extra issue is the more advanced caching that's going on in browsers like Chrome are causing me problems. I get people saying the site's not looking good and it's just their browser. Mm. Yeah, I had an exact similar thing the other day. It was entirely the, the cache of the client's browser because mm. I looked at it in Firefox with nothing. And it, it the, they were complete chalk and cheese. One looked exactly how it should have done in Firefox, the correct version. And it was actually quite hard to to explain to the client that everything's okay because it wasn't. And I got the impression that they thought I was being slightly deceitful. <laughs> um, and I really wasn't. It really was looking per perfectly okay, but it didn't on their end. I, I didn't really know how to overcome that argument. I just said, look, you're going to have to trust me. Maybe go home and try it on your home computer because I didn't want to walk them through clearing the caches in Chrome because I didn't know if that was going to log them out of a whole variety of things that they require, and they're, they're not very technical anyway. So, Yeah, well, a few times just to back it up, you know, because if it's totally screwed up the site as, as they see it, they often send me a screenshot, then mm. I'll just, just show them it in... Um, tools uh pingdom tools you know mm, mm. so because they see a small screenshot of yes. how another server seen it so yes. they believe me then yes um exactly the same yeah i feel exactly the same like they don't believe me i'm just sort of fobbing them off you know yeah. um but yeah it's made me think about whether it's i mean i i've heard a few debates but it seems like there's two debates going on there's some people that are absolutely crazy at the moment about getting the best speed i mean google's won the argument haven't they as soon as they said that we're putting that in as a ranking factor mm. <laughs> you know everybody got serious about speed and um you can see that there are new plugins like oh what's the big one the big favorite that's out the most swift performance ah yes you know, being spoken about a lot yeah yeah which are doing absolutely everything you could possibly imagine that could be done in one plugin to solve speed but you know it's kind of overwhelming options again you know mm. for, for most people uh with these because i'm not really a devotee of these plugins and i don't use them very much <laughs> do they have options which can break things you know you switch it off and or rather switch it on and suddenly the site will misbehave because of maybe the the server structure you've got or are they kind of click on have a look and then just switch it off again and everything will be fine or are there gotchas with these things that can break things on a permanent way 
I don't know. I think most of them are fairly safe. I think when you turn, when you deactivate most of them, I think they clear up anything that they've put in the HT access mm. file mm. and clean themselves up. So I think that's fine. I mean, a lot of the issues that people will have will be functional ones when they try and minify um, CSS or JavaScript. Mm-hmm. JavaScript particularly mm-hmm. can start to, and you might not necessarily know because it, you know, by particularly if you're trying to. I forgot what the word is. There's a technical word, concatenate. Concatenate, is it? yeah, that was just that's say, it. Yeah, it's yeah, JavaScript. Then you you think it's perfect on your um, Windows machine or something, and then you go on Android and it's not working or or an iMac or something. Yeah, know? and so you can switch that off. You can you know you don't minify the JavaScript. You don't compress yeah. it. You just switch that off again, and everything's back where it should be. Then of course it, I presume it leads to. I mean, do you give your clients the option to go in and fiddle with the caching settings yeah that's what i'm gonna do on in fact that's my job today is to make a video now because now i've changed my uh, plugin that i'm going to use i'm going to do a video for them all so they can decide because it's so simple plugin breeze that i'm going to change to so breeze is breeze is a plugin on the repo yeah it's a free one by cloudways and it's it, it works very well with nginx servers and obviously their own yep it's got some stuff in it that's not needed for everybody. It's got a because they offer you um, varnish. It's got a way of purging that cache as well. Okay. And and I don't have that on on some of my sites, which are just on uh, DigitalOcean. So it's it's a little bit unnecessary the stuff that's in there. But it's free. Hey, it's and it works really well. Ah, great. Yeah, and simple. So I I'm going to carry on going with this. I suppose the conclusion is: Do we need it? Uh, still i think i do because it saves me resources so anybody who's kind uh, of paying for you know it's going to cost me more money isn't it if mm. i uh, don't put it on because it means i'll probably be able to have less sites on a server mm. if i take the full caching off i've got uh, the reason really that i haven't fiddled with this too much is because as we know i have mm. a server of my own and i've got that configured to sort of take a lot of this stuff away, but I'm probably at some point going to phase out the my ownership of a server and move over to some cloud platform like DigitalOcean. Mm. And at that point, maybe it will be more useful for me to, to look into these. And so having some good suggestions like Breeze is really helpful. You know, it's a good place yeah. for me to start. And as you say, it's completely free. There's loads and loads of products, though, in the market, you know, selling annual licenses. Is there anything in your experience that those plugins offer that's superior to some of the free offerings? Have you noticed anything where you thought, oh, that is actually very good? You know, it's really interesting. Well, when I moved to um, WP Rocket, I was not inclined to do that. The idea of paying for something that I'd had free and was happy with, which was, um, you know, the automatic one I was using, Supercash. Mm. But, you know, they they lived up to their advertising at the time, which was, you know, you, you try it out, and if it's not faster, we'll give you your money back. And it was, and that was it. For years, was, I was with them. That was they, all they needed to say. Yeah, exactly. It worked. I tested it. It was fine. It was one-click solution. And I know why it's still loved. Um, things have changed with it, so I've changed, and I've realized that this plugin for... And I think that's one of the key issues, isn't it? Getting the right plugin for your server. Yeah, as the well. right setup. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, so I can now move to a free one that's simple and I can hand it over to clients mm. a little bit more because WP Rocket was sold as a very 
cheap one click kind of option and it still works like that but it's still got a lot more options than i would necessarily want clients to be exposed to yeah i am i am impressed that you let your clients fiddle with the the caching plug and presumably though with the setup that you've got you've you've gone on way and clicked every single permutation of everything and checked whether it actually breaks anything or not yeah, they can't really do well. They could do, I suppose. They could click on the JavaScript, which I avoid. But it, actually, I, I don't think it causes a problem. Mm. But uh, I think I think most will be sensible with it. And if they break it, then that's fine. It's theirs to break, and they'll know why they've done it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Oh, I like your laissez-faire <laughs> approach there. That's very very cool. It's theirs to break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they'll know that it's them who's done it. So I don't think that's that's. Uh, it, and if not, I am. I am monitoring what's going on. <laughs> and they can untick that box safely and everything will return to normal. So that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, it's just the, I think that the debate really was just whether it gets in the way of something, you know, in this age of page builders where there are those more moving parts and things can go awry, whether mm. we should just be thinking of scrapping it all together or. Well, going the real the other way where some people are which is like nailing absolutely everything down so I, i'm guessing the people who swift performance appeals to are the people who don't want their clients in the back and then it probably is outperforming everybody yeah i guess you've just got to have some system of clearing those caches and educating them that once they've saved something it would be a good idea to go into the the settings for the cache and clearing it mm. I don't know if any of these plugins that you've mentioned have some sort of, you know, I know that WP Rocket has something in the the top bar of a of the WP admin, so you can just click that wherever mm. you are on the website, which is quite handy. Is that the same for things like Breeze as well? Yeah, exactly. It's in right. the top bar. So I mean, you... WP Rocket's got some advantage. It's paid. You know, you can go in individual pages and clear the cache on yep. that. Yeah. So you you are paying for something with it. it I think it. It provides a lot of easy functionality that other plugins don't necessarily have. I don't know that there's a great deal of benefit in clearing the pages one at a time, though, is there? Because, I mean, presumably, once it's been loaded once, it's cached. So, you know, if your site's getting even modest uh, audience numbers, you you should be getting a cache fairly quickly. Yeah, and uh, you know another interesting thing. I mean, this is going becoming true for all page builders, and and that is that you can kind of you know have replacement header footers or other global parts mm, mm. that are dynamic throughout your site. Yes. So you know a single page clear is no longer kind of going to help if somebody's decided they're going to modify their footer. Yes. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, interesting topic, David. Not that mm. not that I know anything about it. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you've come along and educated me a bit. That's great. I think I just revealed how little I know. Well, I think isn't that the point? We there's yeah. very few of us that really know what these things are doing. We kind of work on the basis that we install this thing, um, press buttons, and hopefully the speed is increased. But I would imagine that a large proportion of the the people yeah. that install them don't really understand, me included, um, mm. any of the stuff that's going on in the background. So it might be quite interesting if anybody does listen to this and they have absolute knowledge of how these things work and what they do and what we should avoid stick yeah. some um, stick some comments in the in the, the the episode on the website or you know in the facebook group most welcome right are we going to knock that on the head indeed okay we'll go to the interview hello and welcome thanks for staying with us thus far 
to the interview part of the podcast. Today, all the way from Washington, D.C., well, the Washington, D.C. area, is Matthew Rodella. Hello, Matthew. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. You are very, very welcome. Now, we've got Matthew on today um, because he's got an interesting take on creating websites. Obviously, most of the people listening to this podcast are in some way, shape or form connected to WordPress and probably trying to make a living out of making a website here and making a website there. And Matthew uh, is doing something that I once thought I would try and never quite got around to. Uh, he's got a few websites. Probably the most significant one to mention is at www.turnkeywebsitesblueprint.com. All as one word, no spaces. Um, and he, he's got a, the idea of using multi-site to kind of automate the creation of client sites. Do you want to just tell us how you got into this game? Why, why did you go from being a sort of jobbing WordPress person into automating everything? Right. Uh, well, um, you know, I think it's kind of a struggle we've all had as as website creators is that, um, you know, you're there's a there's a few kind of problems we run into. One is that you're you're always chasing that next project mm. because, you know, the, the project is really the money maker And it's 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 it, it, but it's it's a very involved thing. Right. You've got to do the um the 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 kind of the pre research with the with the customer you've got to um you know put together the wireframe do the design then develop the site there's lots of steps it takes a while um and it costs a lot of money for the customer so you, a lot of times you'll get pushed back on price and they'll be they'll be trying to you know wiggle you down on price because a lot of folks starting businesses these days you know they see the commercials now because there's commercials for these things when there weren't before they for really squarespace are. and mm-hmm. wordpress.com and all of these uh free or budget um website platforms and they're like well you know i can go and, and get a website for five bucks why, why am i spending thousands of dollars with you uh, and, and so all of those things kind of add up to be major headaches and frustrations for us website creators. Um, so I was, you know, I was thinking how, how could I better, not necessarily compete, but better kind of model, uh, my, uh, my, my offerings to those, um, those kind of subscription, uh, build your, build out the website yourself. If, you know, if you want to, not spend so much, then you're going to have to do more work. But I still want to give them the tools that they would need um, to do that. And, and luckily, I had a, uh, a niche that, that I started out in. I started out as an, an IT uh, consultant before I was building websites. Uh, and I was in that world for a while. And so I built up a lot of contacts and I know those people very well. And so that those ended up being the niche that I served once I started building websites. And a lot of those guys, especially if they're starting out, they're very budget conscious. They don't need a whiz bang website that does e-commerce or does a lot of, you know, crazy uh, animations or, 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 you know, looks like a, a fashion designer's website or whatever. So they just need something very simple. They just need something that gives them the tools that they need. And, and so all of those things kind of came together and, and made me realize that I think I, I could put together a solution uh, that would help those people um, and kind of fill the gap in between. Squarespace and building a thousand dollar website. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, WordPress is entirely capable of doing all this stuff. You know, once you've set the website up, very often you'll just leave it in the hands of the client anyway. Um, but right. w- what you were trying to do, I suppose, is is cut out the cost and the the effort required to get to the point where the client takes over the website and reduce that to as automated and as quick and painless as possible. 
Um, now, my understanding is that you've been you've been deploying WordPress multi-sites to do this. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I love I love multi-site because it's kind of built for this, right? It's built to have this to uh, to, to generate lots and lots of websites uh, with, but you manage them all from one interface and. Uh, and they, they all can look the same or have similar themes. And, and so I, it was kind of a no-brainer for me to, to go that route. Yeah, it's something I, I don't think we've literally ever mentioned on this podcast is the capability that WordPress has to to generate a multi-site. Now, I mean, it's basically baked into to WordPress. All you've got to do is go and add one line of code, I believe. I can't remember how you do it, but you add one line somewhere which kind of declares, I want this to be multi-site, and you're off. And from there... You can have as many subsites as you like based upon this one, like how to describe it, like the super user website, if you like. What's the term? What is the term for that that website? That... So there's there's the uh, the primary site, and then you as the administrator or the super admin. That's it, super admin. I couldn't. Remember. And I just like that name, right? Yeah. <laughs> <It> makes you <laughs> feel like yeah. a superhero. Like, yeah. I'm a super admin. And so then you get a whole bunch of options uh, appearing in the WP admin, which um, differentiate the site. So this one is the super admin one, and and here's if you like, here's a drop down list of all the other little sites that I've created. Now you could do all this manually. But obviously, the the principle here was to get it as automated as possible and reduce the uh, reduce the need for you to be involved. How did you do that? Did you did you look around for some plugins or did you write some custom code? What happened? Yeah. So um, first of all, yeah, the the whole automation piece was was something that was really important to me because I. I, I was still building websites for people and I wanted to be able to build this, you know, as a side thing. And, and I wasn't able to focus, you know, 100% of my time on it. Mm. And I, I knew, uh, just from being in the world of, of WordPress and, and hearing about people who like create plugins or, or SaaS applications that, um, you know, it's, it's all about scale and it's all about reducing the amount of, hands-on that that you have with the, the the solution that you're providing so I wanted to make at least the entire onboarding process so someone can come to my solution sign up get a website and start building out their website and I don't need to be involved in that at all um, so so that was my goal and so I you know looked for some solutions one of the solutions I looked at was uh, you know WPMU dev uh, kind of built their reputation around building plugins for multi-site. So they have a lot of kind of cool uh, multi-site uh, plugins that can help you with uh, a multi-site environment. Um, so that's kind of where I, I gravitated to it first. And and they, they have a plugin called ProSites, which allows you to kind of sell WordPress multi-site subsites. So I tested that a little bit, and that turned out to not quite be what I was looking for because at the time, uh, pro sites kind of forced you into a freemium model, which, which means kind of like, um, kind of like wordpress.com where you can sign up for a free blog, but then, you know, they have upsells like plugins and themes that you, you could, you can ha end up, you know, charging for. Uh, but I, I was thinking more like the Squarespace model where you pay, you, you pay upfront a monthly fee for mm -hmm. the, for the website. Uh, and it couldn't quite do that. So I, I kind of ended up spinning up my own custom solution. I used uh, the membership pro plugin from WPMU dev to to be able to get folks to sign up um, for recurring uh, membership uh, and then uh, created some custom uh, functions to then spit out or spin up a uh, 
uh, subsite for those people who signed up for the membership. And that kind of got me started and got me going and got the whole the whole process more or less automated. So somebody comes along, um, you've presumably, you know, nurtured them in some way, shape or form. They come along to your website. There's a form. They fill out the form. They pay whatever pricing it is that you've got at the time. Um, and when the payment has gone through at that moment, once the payment has been authorized, presumably then a multi-site site is created on your super user site. Have I got that right? Yeah. So, so the next step after they pay is that they would choose um, the site name and the the subdomain uh, because in multi-site, uh, there's two ways that multi-site can create a subsite, either with a subdomain or with a subfolder. Mm-hmm. And um, the subdomain is in this situation is the best because then it's easier for them to map their own domain of course, later yeah. on down the yeah. road. Yeah. Um, so they choose their subdomain, they choose their site title, and then that's all WordPress needs to create the, a unique subsite for them. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, it takes them basically right to the dashboard of their new subsite, and it creates that subsite in in as a super admin. I can see that site in my network of sites uh, from the from the WordPress network dashboard, which is a slightly different dashboard than you would see uh, from a standalone WordPress website. Okay, so just putting all of that to one side for a moment, the creation of the site. So just from a technical standpoint, how do you how do you manage the hosting of this? What Are there any special requirements that you need? Um, do you use a particular host that has, you know, accommodated you for this? Yeah, um, luckily, uh, WordPress multi-site can run uh, basically on uh, on any uh, hosting that can run WordPress. So there's really not any extra requirements in order to run multi-site itself. You just need the database, you need the the site files, and, and that's it. Um, once once you start um, getting it into actually selling the subsites and allowing people to map their domains, then you'll need uh, certain things like um, uh, wildcard subdomain, the ability to, um, for your, your primary domain to have uh, unlimited subsites created. Uh, at, so there's some, some technical things you need to set up for that. Um, but I, you know, I don't really worry about that. I use WP engine, which mm-hmm. kind of takes care of all of that, uh, on their, on their own. Uh, so, you know, uh, at this time, uh, WP engine, I think you can sign up for, an, uh, uh, an account, and then you can add on a multi-site add-on, and okay. it's it's like ten ten or twenty bucks extra a month. Um, and then when you do that, they take care of setting up multi-site. So you just check a but a box, they set it up. You say I need wildcard subdomains, they set that up. Uh, you just you know you go in the support chat, say hey, I need you to set this up. They set it up, and then it's it works. So it's is it then just a question because there's one database um, and there's one set of files. Um, do you, do you have to pay your hosting company in this case, WP engine, do you pay them more for each multi-site that gets created or are you just paying for, um, data transfer and storage upgrades now? Right. That, that's the beauty part of it, right? That WP engine does not count each subsite as a separate site. So, um, it's just the one, uh, multi-site install counts as one site. So you can have hundreds, thousands of websites running on your multi-site and you're only paying for one site, uh, you know, 
uh, account, yep. I guess you would say. So, um, so that being said, you know, if you if, when you start having hundreds of thousands of subsites, then you're going to need to kind of bump up the, yeah. the, the 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 account to 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 account for the extra bandwidth and storage and stuff. But yeah. that, but that's it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's really that's really interesting. You know, the you can already see the the sort of the cogs turning in terms of the money you right. know, if you're paying for the ho- uh, hosting's a big cost for uh, for a lot of you know a lot of these kind of projects and if you're just paying the one time and obviously you've got your little upgrades to to access multi-site that's great but keep keep an eye on how many uploads there are of images and all of that kind of stuff i guess and just monitor that and make sure it's all in all in line now you've put right, together and multi-site oh, um, allows you to put limits on um, the size of files your uh, users can upload and the total amount of of um, file space they're allowed to upload over time. Yeah. So you can you can limit all of that in uh, in multi-site um, itself. So you can kind of uh, you know prevent people from uploading a bunch of crazy stuff and, yeah. and taking over. Your, yeah. Yeah. Your well, that, that's good to know. Um, and yeah, you've put together now. I'll, I'll try and get this URL right. Let me get this right. Um, it's www turnkeywebsitesblueprint.com forward slash comparison, which then in some magical way ends you up at a Google spreadsheet. You've put together on here um, a nice sort of tick box, if you like. It's almost like a pricing table with we've got this and we've got this. And you're comparing three current solutions that we might use to do this. Now, we're basing this on the assumption that A, you want to build a multi-site network, B, that you don't want to write too much code because there are three plugins listed here. Now, you've mentioned ProSites, which is listed on there, and you've mentioned Restrict Content Pro. They've both got uh, a fair amount of ticks, but the the, the the new person with the new person in the game, I'd never heard of until you'd contacted me, is WP Ultimo. Do you want to do you want to tell us a little bit about their offering and what you think of it? Yeah, so WP Ultimo is uh like you said kind of the new kid on the block. They uh uh is a recent plugin and I wish they would have been around when I started my yeah. uh my turnkey network because uh it's it's you know really the the first plugin other than ProSites uh that is is purpose built for this exact situation where you have a multi-site network, you want to sell access to subsite creation uh, and you want to have different levels of access and and that's the beauty of WP Ultimos it's got a very slick onboarding process so you can create a, a nice looking pricing table the, the client clicks on one of the uh, you know to, to purchase one of your levels and then they're taken through like a nice wizard to get them set up uh, on your on your network and it's very seamless and then you can have different levels so you can have you know your your base level, you can restrict the number of pages that they can create. You can restrict, you know, what plugins they have access to, um, and and so the the base, you know, account you, they could only maybe create five pages, um, and then the next yeah, uh, nice. yeah. and account level, you know, it could be unlimited or whatever, and then you can add plugins and stuff like that. So it's it's really slick. It allows them to map their domain. That's all built into that. Um, so it's a really cool plugin, and yeah, you can just kind of see all the boxes on that on that spreadsheet that are that are checked. It's it's got most of those boxes checked. And, yeah. And and the developer is is very, 
Um, his name is Arindo. He's uh, he's an Eastern European fella, and he's very responsive to you know suggestions. He's constantly updating it and constantly adding new features. Mm. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's it's a, it's a great great little plugin. And this would um, allow you with the with a small investment, which at the moment um, is a one time investment. It's got um, this WP Ultimate, which I should say we're not endorsing because neither of us have got any skin in the game here, have we? Right. But um, they, they've got this kind of one-time pricing, uh, which is quite nice. You know, you can get your lifetime deal for unlimited unlimited sites. Um, and he has told me that is going to change. Oh, okay. So yep. if, you yeah, wanna, well, if you want to get in now. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Well, let me find yeah. the, I think it was $149 for unlimited everything, which is quite nice. Yep. Um, so you, th- that's quite interesting what you were saying just there. You can, on a, on a, on a site by site basis, you can say, okay, in my multi-site super user site, here's the suite of plugins that I've got. And you can then say, when a new site is deployed, it's got access to, for example, Beaver Builder. It might have access to uh, advanced custom fields or whatever it might be. You can right. you can limit and and say yes, have Beaver Builder, but no, don't have advanced custom fields or whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so you know you you can maybe have like a. Uh, some premium plugins that you offer to your highest tier and, and people who can access those plugins have to pay a little bit more monthly. Uh, and that's a great way to to do that. Um, if, if folks, you know, don't need those plugins, they can pay a little bit less and, and don't even get access to them. So it's a cool, cool system. And you can, um, as you said, you can upgrade and downgrade the, the amount of storage that they've got as well. Yep. Yep. So you can right. limit or restrict uh, their storage, um, the amount of pages they can create, uh, and and a couple other things, I believe. Would you? So w- is this the one that you would now pick if you were thinking about doing this the, in this in this era? Yep, I think so. Uh, mm. You know, it's like I said, the plugins come a long way. I think um, you know, maybe six months ago, I might not have um, recommended it or used it. Uh, it wasn't quite ready for prime time, but but now I think it's it's kind of matured a little bit, fleshed out some of the issues it had, and and I, I think it's a really good contender. Um, and so I've been testing it and, and kind of putting it through the paces. And so far, it seems like a, a solid recommendation. Yeah, I really like it, actually, just sort of poking around. I tried to do this um, a few years ago. I had a niche which I thought was probably worth tapping into. And I built out this exact thing that you're describing. Um, at the time, I used um, WPMU Devs uh, plugins to do it, and I had it all working. I had literally everything working. It was a bit ugly, um, but it all worked. But the reason there's a couple of reasons that I didn't um, launch it. Num- number one, because I'm lazy, um, and I just never quite got the marketing materials together and, and enough effort into the, you know the final push to launch it. And the second one was because I was terrified that if the multi-site network, this one website, which in effect hosts hosts all the other websites, if something went wrong with that, then let's say I've got 20 sites, 50 sites, 100 sites, they're all going to go wrong wrong at exactly the same moment. So potentially you've got 100 angry customers calling you in. Does that... Does that thing keep you awake at night? And how do you, or is it, do you do things to prevent that happening? What what can we do? Yeah, I mean that that definitely is, you know, uh, um, 
you know, a, a fear that that could happen, right? If if because you're you're on the same WordPress install technically for all of these subsites, if one subsite were to crash, that would that would bring down your whole network basically because it, it, they're all it's all running off the same code more or less. Everyone's using the same plugin mm. uh, installation more or less. So so that can happen, but it's very rare. I mean, uh, multi-site itself is a is a mature platform. Um, it's very stable. It's very secure. Uh, the the subsite admins, so your customers who have these sites on your network, um, are restricted, uh, have restricted permissions. So they don't have the same permissions that an administrator on a standalone WordPress website would have to, you know, install plugins, install themes, or mess with theme code or, or any of that stuff. Um, so so that's good. So your users can't really take down the network at all. Mm -hmm. um, it would be up to you as the super admin right. to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, bet, so yeah, I'll you just gotta be that. careful. <laughs> uh, you know, once the, the good thing is once you have your, your network up and running with all the plugins that you want and stuff, you're, you're rarely gonna, gonna change it or, or add anything to it. It's, it's pretty stable. So at that point, it's just a matter of, you know, uh, with WP Engine, it's nice because you, you have one click copy your your live site to, site to a staging version. So I always do that and then test any plugin updates on the staging version first just to make sure it's not going to crash. Uh, there's not going to be a conflict or something. It's going to crash the, the, the network. Um, so I'll do that first and, and and do that kind of diligence, which, you know, you should be doing with, with standalone sites anyways, right? That's just kind of mm. best practice. Mm. Um, so I'll do that and, uh, and then, um, and then run the updates on the, uh, the live site normally on a, on an evening or a weekend. So if, if something does happen, it's not going to, um, you know, be a huge, uh, huge deal. Luckily, you know, my customers are, um, local businesses, they don't get a lot of traffic normally. They're not checking their sites all the time. So if something were to happen, um, you know, if I just restore from backup really quick, um, most of my customers wouldn't even notice that, that there was a hiccup. Yeah, that's a really good point though. The, to be honest with you, if you think about it, just about all SaaS platforms, there's there's one body of code, you know, and, and if that if that in some way gets balked, then uh, then the whole thing's going to go down anyway. But I I do like the idea of um, testing the, the the whole thing, you know, any update, any minor plugin update or whatever it might be on um, on a on a staging server. And, and I know because I've got WP Engine sites that yeah, you just click a button. Um, it creates a staging environment. You test it on there, and yeah, it worked. Did did you ever have um, an issue with a plugin on the staging site which made you not install it? Have you ever had nightmare issues that you prevented you from updating things? Uh, yes, there have been mm. issues. Um, you know, um, not issues where it's taken down the entire network, but issues where it's like broken some functionality on the website. Um, there was one recently where the domain mapping plugin I used. Um, had a conflict with uh, the Ajax uh, functionality that's built into WordPress, so it would cause some like some form submissions to not work and stuff stuff that used Ajax on the site. Um, so basically, I just had to uh, you know keep the the domain mapping plugin unupdated until they fixed the issue, and then I would update it to the to the next version after that. Right. So you'll you'll catch stuff like that. Um, and uh, and that was one I you know I didn't catch on the on the staging. Yeah, how, because, you wouldn't catch that one, would you? Because that's right. visual. Yeah. Yep, that's something that a, a customer actually had to contact support and say, "Hey, my form's not working," and then it, it took a took some investigating because it wasn't immediately clear what the issue was. But I eventually um, narrowed it down, you know, 
on staging, I would, you know, like you do, you know, you disable all plugins and you enable one at a time until the, the issue pops back up. And then that kind of tells you what the culprit is. So yep. did that investigation, figured it out, and then just downgraded the that plugin until the fix, the patch was available. Nice. So stuff like that will happen. Um, you know, that's, that's what keeps it from being completely hands off, right? There's going to be issues like that that crop up. Um, but really, for the most part, uh, this whole turnkey system is is very hands off. Um, the the only thing I really do now is do the updates, uh, you know, the maintenance um, that's you know happens once a week, and then answer support tickets. Uh, I have uh, right now we're at about 200 uh, users, so 200 subsites on the network. Nice. And I'll get maybe uh, you know around average of five support tickets a week. Um, and most of it's really, <laughs> that's really, really, really minimal. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause once they get the website set up, they, that's it. They leave it alone and they go run their business. They don't really, you know, they're not sitting there on the website, you know, constantly doing stuff with it. They just need help getting it set up. Once it's set up, they'll update a page every now and then they have the power to do that themselves. So they don't need to contact me to do that. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and it's, it's great. It's a great little, uh, great little, uh, recurring revenue, uh, business. I'm interested to know what plugins you have access or the, you know, if I was to sign up to this service, probably I wouldn't be interested too much in the names of the plugins if I was a customer, but being a WordPress person, I am interested. What what right. are the plugins and features that you allow your customers to, to use? Because obviously that was a, probably a very large decision right at the beginning when you were setting it all up. Yeah, um, I you know my my particular platform is very very minimalistic. It's uh, very simple, um, and, and you know I do that on purpose. One to make it easy for me to maintain, but also, and this is something you really got to think about, is to make it uh, as easy to use as possible for your customers. Mm -hmm. Uh, because something that frustrates the average uh, business owner when they're trying to put together a WordPress website is all these different options and all these different settings and what did, what did they do and what do I need to do? They quickly become overwhelmed. So uh, and then you add plugins into the mix and that just kind of uh, just frustrates people. So yeah. I, I wanted my platform to be super simple, super straightforward. Uh, so I think the the biggest kind of plugin that I'm using that that adds some functionality is uh, is Beaver Builder. As hey, the I like that. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, the cool thing about Beaver Builder is the agency version is yep. is really uh, well built for multi-site. Yep. You have the the white label options, so I can make it branded to look like my turnkey uh, branding. Um, it it's got settings that you can set in the network uh, admin, so you can uh, enable and disable modules from the, for, for the entire multi-site network at yep. once. Yep. No other page builder does that. So, so Beaver Builder is definitely the one to choose if you're going to be doing like a turnkey setup like this. And do you, um, what, sorry, there's probably more apart from Beaver Builder. Um, yeah, I'm actually <laughs> pulling up my, my, uh, my dashboard now just cause, cause I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'm using, um, uh, Gravity Forms. Fair enough. Gravity Forms yep. has um, some cool, f and and this is it's really, uh, you you can only use certain plugins in this situation because not only does the plugin need to be multi-site compatible or capable, but it also needs to be set up in a way where you don't need to like insert license keys. Ah, on you can do that with sites. Gravity Forms, can't you? There's a bit you can right. put in the functions.php, isn't there? If I remember rightly. Yep. 
Yep, um, exactly. One line, and it contains the license key for the whole multi-site network. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 amazing how many plugins aren't set up that way, where yep. you would have to like individually on every individual site add add a license code and and set up the settings and stuff. So, yep. um, so that can be frustrating. So, uh, so yeah, we use Gravity Forms for the for the form builder, um, and then uh, as far as uh, you know, that there's not too many more. Um, customer facing plugins we're using we're using like a social media sharing uh plugin and and a couple other stuff but the kind of the the plugins were the most of the plugins we're using um on the admin side for example like uh admin menu editor pro is a really nice one i like okay just to strip um, things away that they shouldn't be looking at you can strip things away but you can also rename menus yes. you can give them different icons yep. you can create menu headings um, uh, I use it to pull out, for example, the, um, the customizer menu, I pull it out from under appearance and I make it its own top level, uh, menu item. So, um, so people don't have to go digging for it. It's just right there. Customizer right above, uh, right underneath dashboard. <laughs> so, um, stuff like that, you know, I can hide things and, and, and add things and, and that makes it really easy. It's just drag and drop. It's, um, you know, I, I think that's a really nifty idea. I remember doing exactly this. I remember wrangling, um, trying to think, okay, the license thing was a problem. You know, where, where could I insert the license? And I was, I, I tried in many ways to use plugins that, that I couldn't do that with. And I remember thinking, oh, there's going to be lots of headaches here. I'm going to have to manually go in every time I see a new site pop up and put the license in but hide the menu so that they can't kind of fiddle with the license or see the license because in some cases the license was in plain text and it was all silly things like that but I like right. but I I was being a bit stupid in that I wasn't um I wasn't keeping it as minimal as you and I think really that's the key isn't it um yeah and and really the the value add for for this comes from um, the, you know, you know, for me, I, I, I released kind of a lot of training and tutorial videos, uh, along with it. And that's key to make this work, uh, and minimize support where, you know, someone signs up and then you, you guide them through the sign up and, and building out their site. And I use these tutorial videos and through the videos you're saying you're speaking to them in their niche. So for, for my, for my guys, they're computer repair business owners and it services businesses. So I'm saying, you know, here on the services page, this is where you can list services like virus removal and, and, you know, here's some wording you can use and, um, you, you should use a picture, you know, you should use this type of picture and, and, and then have a call to action at the bottom of the page. So I'm kind of, training and guiding them through and speaking their language. Yep. And they really like that as opposed to, you know, these generic platforms where like, you know, they, they seem like it's, it's made for yeah, photographers yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or, you know, something that or bakeries and it's like something not even close to, to what they need. Um, so they really appreciate that, that I'm speaking their language and I'm giving them just the tools they need. Mm. Uh, and, um, and a lot of times I rarely, get people saying, well, hey, you know, why don't you have e-commerce or, hey, why don't you have this fancy plugin or that fancy plugin? Um, and a lot of the extra functionality they need, they can find through third party apps that they can sign up for and then, you know, inject or, or add uh, embed, yep, I yep, guess yep, is the yep, right yep. word, yep. Um, code on their on their site, like a chat box or something like that. Uh, and um, 
and and so yeah i found uh, i don't really need to to have a lot of whiz bang plugins on the platform itself well i mean it's it is what it is right you uh, you sign up for something these days and you get what you get and you know what you're getting when you pay the money at the beginning and the most you can do is add feature requests and i presume that yep. you know some of those are, are be worth looking at and other ones wouldn't um you're you're kind of trying to cultivate a community of people who are doing this is that right Right. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I built this up. Um, I didn't really have any guidance on how to do it. I was just kind of, uh, you know, shooting in the dark and, and playing by ear. It, it took me almost a full year to, to, to set up what I have as my turnkey solution now. Um, trial and error, trying different things. And, and I spent the better part of a year doing it. Um, and, so, you know, once I got it built and once it was working well and once I got, you know, started getting hundreds of people signing up for it, um, I, w I was talking to other folks who do uh, web development and they're like, oh, my God, that sounds awesome. I'd love to be able to do that. Um, how do you do it? <laughs> and so yep. uh, that kind of prompted me to um, think about it, look to see if there were any solutions out there. And there's really not anybody talking about how to do this um, or, you know, uh, creating resources for folks um, to learn how to do this. So, hey you know, as entrepreneurs, we like to start stuff. So I figured I'd, I'd start something, uh, to do that. So I created a uh, turnkey websites, blueprint.com started, you know, creating blog posts about, um, how to, how to, you know, find a niche, how to price your, your, how to think about pricing, um, how, you know, uh, and, and on there that I have an ebook, um, that you can download that kind of lays out all of the technical specifications. What do you need for hosting? What do you need for plugins? What do you need for um, uh, to do with domains and all of that stuff? Um, so you can download that. And then we have a Facebook group that you can join, uh, ah. Turnkey Websites Blueprint in Facebook. So that, that's that been super active. I'm, I'm super happy about that group. People are really excited about starting their, their, their turnkey networks. And so there's lots of good questions being asked. I'm learning a lot from people in that group. So, uh, so that's been a great, um, great experience. And then I do, I just started, um, doing kind of a premium course, a premium video course. So we did our first intake a couple months ago. It's, you know, six modules. I take people through choosing a niche, uh, installing multi-site, installing the plugins, getting WP Ultimo set up. And then we also get into talking about support, how to think about support, how to give support and then how to maintain your network and how to keep it running. So it's kind of a soup to nuts, uh, set up your own turnkey network, uh, course. Um, and so I do intakes, you know, uh, we're probably going to do the next round of intakes, um, late this month or early July. Uh, so, so it's kind of a, a nice ecosystem. If, if, you know, if you just want to do it yourself, we've got lots of great resources. If you want help, we have the course. Um, and it's been a lot of fun building that up. Uh, and uh, like I said, I'm learning <laughs> just as much as yeah, I think all the people yeah. in there are learning as well. I think that's a really cool thing. I mean, it never ceases to amaze me with WordPress. You know, there's a there's a niche here within WordPress and another niche there and another one over there. And, and the idea that you could... Um, you know, you've done this yourself. This is your your business, and yet there's there's a sort of learning niche bolted onto it as well. Um, what's the? How do we find out about the the course? Um, I that's one thing I, I have yet to do. So I don't yeah. like have a landing page for it or anything yet. Okay. Um, when I when I have the intake, I'll you know let people in the in the Facebook group and people who signed up for the the mailing list, I'll let them know that it's been released, and then I'll I'll have a you know landing page for it. Um, but but for now, just kind of you know, 
hop in the Facebook group or or download the ebook and then you'll you'll be on the mailing list and then you'll you'll get notified when the next intake is. Um, but but in the meantime, you can just kind of um, you know soak in all of the free resources on the website and in the Facebook group. I'll bet you there'll be a whole load of people um, who listen to this who've thought about doing this before. Um, and actually, I'm just looking. I've just cracked open the um the the group and it's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash turnkey dot websites and already i can see quite a lot of familiar faces in there so that's kind of cool. <laughs> yep um yeah so if you've got any um you know if this is something that interests you you'd like to be able to automate the production of websites and charge recurring fees for them um where could we find you matthew apart from in that group is there a, an email or a twitter handle or an, anything else you want to suggest at this point um i, I think the the best place is that that facebook group i yep. this, this whole turnkey websites blueprint thing is is pretty new so i haven't created the twitter handles or the you know the the social media accounts around it um uh, but you're welcome to do that you're welcome to to find me on facebook or uh, any of the social media platforms just search for for matthew rodella um, and you can find me. I'm, I'm happy to, to be, you know, to, to be friends with, with folks who are interested in, uh, in this stuff. Great. Um, but, but yeah, the turnkey websites, blueprint.com. There's a contact form there if you want to reach out to me cool. or the, uh, the Facebook group or, or the best places. Great. Well, thank you for coming on and telling us about turnkey websites, blueprint and about how we might at least make a start on thinking about these things. I really appreciate it. And, um, well, we hope to speak to you soon. Bye bye. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thanks. And today's ending fact comes from titanmedia.com and they've got a article called, and we love this, 51 Insane Web Design Statistics. Actually, it's 2016, but it's been updated to 2018. Well, and the one we're looking I mean, at... Insa- they are insane. These website <laughs> statistics, they are insane, David. You've never <laughs> seen anything like it. <laughs> Well, we're looking at number 15 just because I want to vent my spleen on this. And it is once a sorry, once on a company's website, 52 percent of visitors want to see about us information. The source for that is co-marketing. Yeah. Yeah. 52 percent. I would I would imagine that's (laughs) probably a lot higher. But there you go. You just howled me with what you you got me howling with what you just said earlier. Tell tell folks. <laughs> oh well, yes, of course. If fifty two percent of people want to see about us information, that you know, it's a binary thing, isn't it? The, that means forty eight percent of people do not want to see about us information. They don't want to know anything about you. Yeah. They've come to your website and they don't want to know. Don't want yeah. to see your phone number. Don't want to see your address. Get lost. Yeah, definitely not your face. <laughs> this is so basic. I mean, you would have thought this this topic would have been dealt with a long time ago. You know, I I insist really when we have a meeting, uh, the, one of the first things is what's your primary channel to to get noticed on, and, and mm. very, very often it's we want the phone to ring. You know, so the phone number goes right up there. Um, and luckily, the website that we're looking at, which is Titan Media, luckily mm. for them. They do have an about us link right at the very front of their main navigation, so they're they are practicing what they preach. Yeah, but you know what? So much, and particularly in WordPress plugin area, gosh, you cannot find an about page. Yeah, that's a good Always. point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder why not? Why would people not want to be? Di- I mean, clearly, there's going to be use cases where you don't want to be discovered, probably. Mm. But as a business, 
you've got to push that stuff down people's throats, haven't you? I would have thought, you know, phone numbers, addresses, about, testimonials, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a sort of international thing going on in, in the WordPress plugin market because I think, you know, everybody likes to assume that everybody's English in the US. Yep. So so if you put yourself as being somewhere else, it, it might sort of – because the whole marketing is very much in that kind of style, isn't it, the language and everything. So mm. maybe that's part of why people feel like they just might sort of – ruin an illusion with yeah. the rest of their site. But I don't know. Yeah, it just drives me crazy. Well, First thing I want to know. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, go with the herd. 52%, <laughs> that's more than half, <laughs> want to see. So if you're designing somebody's website, you are doing the 52% a disservice if you aren't putting that information right at the top. Okay, we're done with our Good. vent of spleen. We will say goodbye First of all, though, thanks for listening all the way to this point. Very, very much appreciated. If you wouldn't mind going over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and join us on YouTube, Slack, Facebook, everything. There's a whole lot. And also, if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, you can find some good deals on things like Toolset and Malcare and Blog Vault and all sorts of other stuff. So, yeah, go there. And we will see you on next week's episode. My name's Nathan Wrigley. And I'm David Wormsley. And check out our About Us information, which is completely fake. Oh, yes, yes. We haven't got a page, have we? We've just got a link. We're at the bottom of the homepage. I quite like our About Us information. I'm quite proud of it. <laughs> it's suitably self-mocking. Right, we're off. See you next yeah. week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.